Welcome to Cosmica Lies Podcast. I'm your host, Mika. This is our first episode. I couldn't be more excited to share with you. This episode is a conversation that I had with an amazing, brilliant astrologer, dear friend of mine, Otis Bell. We talked about gender in astrology and Gemini North Node Revolution. I hope you all enjoyed this because I did. And this is a so important topic, and I'm really, really happy Otis and I co created this for our first collaboration podcast ever together. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Hello, this is Otis Bell from Revolutionary Astrology. I am an astrologer, an acupuncturist, a body worker, an herbalist, and I am speaking today from the traditional territories of the Lekwungen speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt First Nations. Um, my heritage is a white settler colonial background, and um, my astrology is Pisces sun sign, Aquarius moon, and Aries rising. And here is my cohort. Hello, my name is Mika Kumagai from Mika Astrology. I am an astrologer, mother, earth medicine apprentice, and priestess. I'm also speaking today from the traditional territories of Lekwengen-speaking people, Sunhees, and Esquimalt First Nations. I am a Gemini Sun, Gemini Moon, and Virgo Rising. Today, we are going to talk about gender in astrology and Gemini North Node revolutions. Yes, we are going to talk about Gemini revolution as we are for sure going through a revolution with all that is lining up in Aquarius this year and the Great Conjunction still echoing through in Aquarius. There's a revolution afoot. And with the North Node of the Moon, which defines the collective evolution of our time, in Gemini, we're having a Gemini revolution. And I'm really getting a lot of fun, having a lot of fun teasing out what the Gemini revolution is. And part of it, we can look into the lover's card in the tarot. In the major arcana of the tarot, the lover's card is the place that Gemini rules where we become our own inner lover and the twins inside of us, which I really see in a gender way as the more male and female part of self, masculine, feminine parts of self, um, where they become lovers, where they are entwined. And everyone has both. And as a transgender person, I'm a queer and transgender person, I find this really beautiful and a way to see the different sides of me. Um, it reminds me of how in Jungian psychology, there's something called the anima and animus, which are similar aspects of self, of masculine, feminine self. And the lover's card work, the Gemini work of the twins is to be in such union and marriage inside in a lover with yourself that you kindle a core spirit there with which you can love. And there's a belonging there that you have that helps you know all of the Gemini things, such as your favorite food, your favorite TV show, your favorite friends, who's your friendship, who's your community. It makes you feel a belonging with yourself and from that place of belonging, you can find belonging in the world, in your relationships, in your community, and find that thread 
of service in place and belonging in community, which is a very revolutionary thing right now, as we're seeing so much take shape in our communities to reinvent normal in our society. So much of this is revolutionary. And the more we can have belonging inside, the more we can have belonging in the world. And I find it really hopeful to think of on a gender level, everyone having a really strong belonging. And we have, through colonization, inherited a lot of toxic and ill and uh, untrue information about gender that's divorced us not only from energetic reality itself where gender lives, but that has been full of a lot of gender violence. And we continue to enact that in our own minds. And so part of the Gemini revolution of the lover's card is this aspect of healing gender and coming into wholeness and belonging, really reclaiming the spiritual reality that it exists in and the decolonization work of actually feeling your whole self. We really have been reduced to these questions in our upbringing of what are you? And as a transgender person, those are moments that haunt me and that I can remember with clarity even from a very young age because my answer at the time had to be only one or the other, but it's inaccurate. And the wound of that for me as someone who carries both so strongly is, and more, the alchemy of the both really is what it is. It's not about reaffirming or solidifying binaries. For me, it's about the alchemy that both create. And so there's a third space that's the magic of the belonging of life. And I think that there's like a, a way that we can see in that gender journey, this expanded possibility for our answers to these questions of who are you? What are you in terms of gender? I, when I am asked that now, I say both. And I think neither is also a good answer. And they kind of mean similar but different things. But really, I identify with the both as well. And the more that I explore gender, I think it's really powerful to connect to all the different parts of gender. <laughs> Not just the male-female in those base pair sense, but also in the diverse layers. And astrology is a beautiful way even to start to see the diversity of spectrums of gender. And um, so we're going to explore all that today, looking at astrology with gender energies. Yes. Wow. Artists, I'm, I love the way you described about the gender journey is about coming back to the wholeness coming back to the belonging with ourselves so that we can belong to the world. And when I think about this Gemini North Node revolution time, it's about looking things from different perspective. Gemini is curious and interested in assimilating thoughts and ideas about things and that's totally fitting in this gender journey. You know, we were assigned a gender at the birth, but none of us consented that, you know, whether we feel comfortable or not about our own gender and sex, there is a place that we can be curious about, you know, different spectrum of gender and different colors within us. You know, we're not black and white. There is so many 
so many colorful spectrums within us. This is such a profound healing time. The North Node is the dragon's head. That's where we feed, and that's the Gemini energy. And the South Node is the dragon's tail. That's where we shed things. That's eliminating stuff. You know, my astrology teacher says the South Node is the universal toilet. So that's a place of letting things go. And the Sagittarius is the idea, the big picture, the philosophy, religion, the belief system that we are in, that story that we are inherited. And during this Gemini revolution time, we find we ask many questions and find different answers within us, not. To seek external, but going inner work, and this is such a fun and also a very powerful time. As a Gemini person, I'm super, super excited about this and talking about this. Yeah, and I think that the the Sagittarius South Node is a place of shedding patterns. For healing of the collective evolution, and when you look at the dogmatic way that religion presents possibilities, it's there's one way to do it, and it's defined by the group belief. And so, as we shed dogmatic group identification and group fanaticism, those kinds of things that are necessary for evolution, what it opens up through the Gemini North Node is this many ways. And I love how we have been. Really taught, there's only one way to experience gender, and it's been very confusing. And one of the revolutions of our time is a queer one, is a transgender one. We're seeing so much more visibility and narrative and story come out about the possibilities for non-binary and famous people coming out as non-binary and、um, queer and transgender, and transgender rights being a big focal point on、um, world stages. And、um, I feel like there's this. Opening in the non-binary reality and the queer reality, the transgender reality of like, for all things that are binary, you know, that are determined right or wrong, this or that, white or person of color, black, any other thing that's not white, you know, the illnesses of white supremacy is such a dogmatic group identification that is really insidious and pervasive, gets in everywhere. But these one way to do and think and be, we're shedding. There's really actually such a diversity of ways to be and that are right, and they actually can coexist. And a lot of the old wisdom traditions really say and show through myth and story: there, everyone's good and bad. Everyone, all the <laughs> heroes are evil and good. There's this diversity of them too, and there's that within us. So we can embrace the full spectrum and pantheon of archetypes and energies of gender in us. And now is the time. It is actually very revolutionary. Because from there we have a resiliency to be authentic, and from there we can make a world that reflects that and accommodates a radical kind of inclusivity of diversity. To approach this Gemini magic of the Lovers card, just to think,、um, I want to share a bit about the base pairs of male, female, masculine, feminine, and just. Invite a relationship with that in many traditions that have existed.、Um, our ancestor traditions hold 
the beliefs in many of them that there we have both and that we are made of both and that both exist in nature and that it's completely natural for us to have strong presence of both. And actually there's wellness and health and a lot of the old stories guide that, that if you're excessively polarized in one gender or the other, usually there's some kind of trouble that is made from that. And so as we're in this storytelling time with Gemini, really it looks at like, we want to live into these accurate stories that include us being in that both and place. And I want to talk about yin and yang from Chinese medicine and how yin is related to the earth, yang related to the celestial, and yin is more um, female, feminine energy, yang more male, masculine energy, and how we have both yin and yang in us and are made of earth and sky. And these are two strong polarities that are masculine, feminine energies in us. Um, as we merge, we're merging the cells from our parents. So those are the male-female combinations and they recombine in every cell. And they're telling the stories through the DNA that came from those combinations and then they're retelling them all the time. So the base pairs in us are not only our mother and father and our matrilineal and patrilineal, and they come through the kidney yin and kidney yang, the right and left kidney. But they are showing how in the kidneys, in the forge that it's the gate of life between the kidneys, we alchemize the energies of the earth and sky. And the humans actually are in the third space between them. And as a transgender person, what I know about third space is that it's a magic space of queer magic. And actually the entire human reality is made of queer magic. And so the more we actually embrace um, our queerness, every single one of us is not, is completely intimately woven with it and lives in it. We're made of it. This entire realm is. I think our wellness is there. And this doesn't mean that we erase, you know, being really into being male or female. I mean, I'm a transgender person. I have strong preferences towards gender. Um, it just means that we have an expanded possibility of what we might be embodying and socialized as and the actual diversity within. Another way you can see the male and female or the masculine and feminine energies is in astrology. And so there we can get into even more diverse layers. Yeah, I, I love that part of, that you were saying all this. And I think this is a mutable energy. You don't have to be fixed. You don't have to be one or the other. You could, it, that could change time, like a moment to moment, really. That's the Gemini thing. It can just be as fluid as you want to be. Um, yeah. And, um, well, Gemini has been in between. This is alchemic stuff, right? Alchemy, like the branding of different things. And that's yeah. we are. And um, um, Gemini is is a psychopath. It goes between the death and life. I mean, Gemini as the quickest planet going around Sun so many times. Like it's it's that messenger planet going to the underworld and coming back and brings back those messages. And this is of where we are and um this is the time of like death and the birth. 
with the all the other like astrological movements right now really is the we are awakening we are getting rebirthed from like two different dimension or different realm really i mean we just had this triplicity change like the air ever started and this is is the beginning dawn of change especially social change and in the air sign um, era right now that we're in with so much air this year in 2021 that's working us to collectively evolve there's so much reinvention of our ideas of what normal is our ideas that set up our intentions for how we direct and form structures our ideas of how we even think life is existing <laughs> so it is radical to have information that's part of the gemini revolution is this diversity of information of like, oh, these are possibilities to exist. This is, um, for me, it's been liberating as a transgender person to have information about gender diversity through a health practice and through things like astrology that link into ancestral cultures that recognize the diversity of gender. Because there's something about my own um, truth being reflected in that and the diversity of it that's so liberating. And this is real empowering knowledge. Um, the Mercury relates to this old deity, Hermes, which carries the winged staff. And we see that on health um, clinics and hospitals. And it has the double serpents around it, which are like the twins, the twin snakes. And the psychopomp of Hermes, aka Mercury, goes from the underworld through the human world up to the higher world and bridges all these three realms. And so these stories really bridge all the realms and it is the world of story that bridges mind body spirit and so in the body too uh, mercury as a planet comes through the throat energy center which is something that's recognized in chinese medicine as well as ayurveda and yoga um but there's and also in um european health traditions as well so there's just this sense of like in alchemists too um in european health systems they definitely had this um, winged staff of Hermes as an emblem of health. That's partly why we carry it forward on hospitals is that Hermes is guiding our health through this between the worlds journey. And actually you can see um, this world of story weaving everything. And the more we connect with the full story of who we are, the more our wellness exists. Yeah. Yeah, the wellness part, when I think about this Gemini time, is like mental health. Hey, this is like, this is a big time. And to come to think of it, we are, you know, like brought up into this society that's ill minded. You know, there's misogyny, racism, and, um, you know, all this different thing, like body image, too. The body, we were like being shamed about body shapes and different stuff and not just that but like many things like well no wonder so many of us struggle with mental health right and we need to like talk about this stuff more that like more important like it's getting to the point that this is a mainstream thing like mainstream awareness but like i think from now on the government and the community have to really step in 
and uh, recognize that mental health is as important or even more than important as other health too. And um, well, especially like, you know, what we went through last year, 2020, and like right now it's really difficult and we have to really talk about this stuff more and raise awareness. Yeah, old traditions know that our mental health creates our reality, that mind, body, spirit are interlinked. And so, yeah, old old religions know, old ways know that our health of our mind actually affects how our body exists, how our health in our body exists, how our health in our spirituality exists. These things are all interwoven. And um, what I think about when I look at gender in astrology is a kind of health where we can start to see our diversity there. I like to look at the some of the planets that embody gender you can see are actually all the ones on the cardinal signs crossroads all the modes of the signs that are cardinal actually have a really strong relationship with gender and sexuality and embodied gender and sexuality and um in the pairs of capricorn cancer you have the moon and saturn it's sort of the mother and father and um this interesting relationship with the solstices which relates to solar energy um and just so much in that contrast in this dance of the sun and moon of the self, which are definitely a very base pair of masculine feminine. And then in the other pair of the cardinal crossroads, which are Aries and Libra, you've got Mars and Venus. Aries is ruled by Mars, Libra is ruled by Venus. And they're very interesting as a fire and air pair um, embodying gender um, because they relate to the equinoxes and actually the equinoxes in Chinese medicine and old Taoism are places of that both and queer magic where you have both genders really strong. And they say that gender is not just the full yin within yin, which is winter solstice and yang within yang, which is the summer solstice, but it's also yang within yin, which is the spring equinox and yin within yang, which is the fall equinox and where Aries and Libra meet and sort of have a portal and, <laughs> conversate and the genders um around the equinoxes i find really queer and i specifically think that the genders line up with um sort of like a gay masculine or gay female like i don't i hate language sometimes because it's very binary it's hard to describe it but sort of like a butch <laughs> dyke energy in the spring equinox and which is definitely what i feel really rooted in and then the um, yang, yin within yang energy of the autumn equinox is more of like a fey, effeminate, sissy, gay male energy. And I don't mean to say these, these are generalizations, archetypes. I don't mean to say that um, only people that are born with these bodies occupy these spaces or have gayness even. It's actually a diversity of sexualities that are in these spaces of gender. And I like seeing gender like less as a line from male to female, but more as this circle of the year and that people can fall into closer to maybe yin yin or yang yang gender, but they can also fall closer to 
yang within yin gender or yin within yang gender and they can actually have a diverse sexuality too like i feel really at home myself in the yang within yin gender which is the more kind of butch dyke spring equinox energy and there's a lot of fierce warrior energy there you've got aries you've got taurus you've got this sense of fighting and there's a lot of social justice warriors that come out of that spring equinox gender um, there, we're often the people in history that are literally warriors, and also now we're society social change makers. We're going to run your co-op, raise your children, death doula, start your nonprofit. We're out there on the front line too. We're often doing all of it, and I'm really proud of our community because we often are doing tons of bridge work too, to bridge across movements and really politicize everything. I mean, there's this cliche of a politically correct dyke. There's even like the thing called the Bechdel test that relates to like Alison Bechdel, the lesbian who wrote the comic book uh, series Dykes to Watch Out For. And like, it means if you pass the Bechdel test, your politics are like going to pass a PC test. Like Dykes have been holding it down. Like think of Rachel Maddow on the news. She's been this like conscience all the time of like the <laughs> PC Dyke in the corner. I mean, I really just lift up and hold up all the queers out there doing like so much work especially anti-racist work right now um bridging movements and fighting on front lines and that's such a part of that gender and it's not just people who are assigned female at birth that live there i see many people that are assigned male at birth that, that like close to that gender too there's sort of a a portal between the equinoxes and there's another gender of course in the fall equinox it's more like libra scorpio and that of course you can really see in the sissies, the femmes, the fays, the gay men, the drag queens, the trans women, like there's just like this um, peacock and phoenix energy, this flamboyance, this celebration of the femme. It's actually usually about family and belonging and this kind of Venus energy coming through Libra instead of the Mars energy coming through the other gender in the spring. And actually this gender is this beautiful home base and I feel very connected to it too as a trans man, as a queer man. And the more I embody and, and live in the world socially male, I, I tap into my more male self. And it's definitely, um, because I have Mars in Libra, very prominently this autumn equinox gender is what I become. And I love the Fae, I love the sissy, I love this queer male, queer masculine, gender in the autumn equinox and it's very revolutionary in its own way i mean look at how much rupaul <laughs> look at how much trans people in our stories are rising up and showing and celebrating femininity and um ending legacies of gender violence that have suppressed even having strong femme and female characters we're seeing a lot of um, people who have that specific gender do a lot of healing around femininity around the world and it's very important and there's this sense of like a lot of healers i think come out of these communities that live in the equinox genders and um what you can see is this different kind of medicine you know of each one in a portal between them and i think really what's true is that you know we live i live really strongly connected to both of the equinox genders and um i i guess i have an aries rising and a mars in libra so for me i really do have such a continuum and deep connection to them and i love the queer magic in them that comes through me um yeah uh, yeah i love that <laughs> <laughs> i can relate a little bit because i have venus in aries 
like a very warrior Venus. And then my Mars actually in Pisces. So it's like very feminine and like gentle side inside of Mars. And like that's kind of like flipped Venus and Mars gender role thing. So that's kind of interesting to how this like ge- uh, gender like portal comes through this equinox line like Venus and Mars energy. And I like that because equinoxes are like the season point that, um, well, spring equinoxes, uh, feminine handing power to masculine. And for equinox is masculine handing power to the feminine, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see that that archetype of face and, you know, like that dikes and um, that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Like when you apply astrological symbol into queer um that's like this is the time like awesome that i think that to be an astrologer we can explore so much because um only until very recently very like only little privileged people could study astrology which is like white men middle class right um but now this like all of us like marginalized people are coming too and i'm really excited to see all this social justice movement not just that in general but also in astrological community too Well, and we can see in our, I guess, solar and lunar. Yeah, and we can really see aspects of our gender and astrology that are related to the sun and moon, and maybe those add layers of gender. For myself, my more extroverted self-expression self, I kind of relate in my sun energy to that energy that's yang in me and that wants to be like as an energized, social, extroverted part. And I think of that um, as a Pisces being fairly soft and actually just elu- like ethereal in terms of a yang energy, but that's part of my magic of my queer masculine. And if you know me, that's very true. In my feminine energies in my moon, I'm actually Aquarius, which is so fixed and it's so solid. And actually I do feel this sense. I've always related to mythological figures like Artemis, this warrior, warrior kind of, fierce kind of female energy and the when I was living in the world more embodied and socially female I had well my Venus is in Capricorn too which is super daddy energy so I as like a butch dyke growing up it was very transgender and very much a boy and that butch gender was way more masculine and actually I see the parts of myself it's just interesting it's like the Venus and Capricorn I can really see in my butch dyke experience in my life and since I've transitioned um it's really allowed space for the feminine parts of myself to come through the Mars and Libra that I have the sun and Pisces I don't know there's just this sense of like (laughs) yeah these energies and gender in my chart wow Otis I love hearing your personal gender experience because that this is so important not just 
to you or the any transgender people, but for any any genders to actually embrace both sides. And like you you as a transgender person, queer person has to how did you go through this process without your choice, right? It's just that that was there in front of your face. But for other people like myself, like cisgender people, like um, we don't really think about that. It, that's in a way, it's kind of like privilege almost because you don't notice until you like hearing other people's experiences or like, you know, coming across to the situation that made you think about your gender. But we're not always questioned by others. That's the difference. Anyway, I think this is so important for each one of us to really dive into our own gender and claim it you know this is the gemini magic yeah i mean i hope that my walk with gender which has caused a lot of pain or felt like separation or alienation i hope that it as it's walked me towards connection actually to all people i hope that everybody can have this sense of looking at their gender complicating it diversifying it and like being led by a transgender person like me who is from that equinox gender we often do lead with that diverse edge that's there in equinox energy and we say there are more possibilities and we i'm a healer literally a lot of us are healers and we're change makers because this needs this is actually a collective thing that needs to be looked at everybody has a diversity of gender a strong relationship with both maybe it's something that comes through the body more the mental emotional more the physical more it definitely shows up in the chart in layers that will describe it. And it's liberating for every single person. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. And when I actually have done magic work around integrating my gender, I've gotten to a place where I see the world through what I call gender. I used to joke that I had gaydar because gay people need to sort of be able to scope out where other gay people, queer people are. I feel like I have honed in this gender because of my experience where I not only can see my own diversity of gender more and live with that, but also I see it in other people. And so the world actually looks more and more queer to me authentically. And I actually felt like this really big flip in my life of feeling not like related to anybody and outside of things. And actually, as I've walked through this experience, I really strongly feel like I can relate to literally anyone and I can see their diversity. I can see their spirit. I can see it as a nature spirit that embodies in that person, in their mind, body, spirit. I, and I just see gender dancing in a diversity in everybody. <laughs> okay, so you have a gender. <laughs> what do you see in me? I'm just so curious. Uh, um. Well, I see a peacock. Um, it's funny that your Mars and Pisces is feminine, but I see it kind of actually like a fae gender because of I just see a peacock. Um, and it's very magical, this peacock, because it's devoted to beauty, but there's this sense of it could easily shapeshift at any moment into like a snake. Um, I know we're talking about gender, but I really see gender in this way where it's just a nature spirit. And I actually see it flowing into animals and archetypes quite fluidly. So I know I'm talking about animals and maybe that doesn't make sense. But to me, it does. Like, I think gender is a nature spirit. I see your um, Venus in Aries is so fierce. Oh, my God. 
you don't mess around with Mika Kumagai. Mika Kumagai, I see Mika's Capricorn very strongly coming through her third eye, which is where Uranus and Neptune are both ruled by Capricorn, and Saturn and Capricorn coming through the root energy center. Mika is rooted in daddy energy and has, you do not, and crone, right? Capricorn is not just the daddy, by the way. It's the crone. And so I really like to complicate this both and and invite like the archetypes to be actually male and female personas of the archetype, even though we talk about Capricorn being like daddy energy. It's about authoritarian, authoritative. And when I think about an earth-wise old one in the Zodiac, I really I really see the crones so strongly in there. And there's many crones that Mika has coming through so fierce. Um Gemini is changing their outfit many times a day. They love a gender barn that you can just change your outfit a lot. Um, Tickle trunk is the Gemini gender. But there's a real way that it all comes together, I think, through all the Gemini. And um, a real soft feminine energy in Virgo, actually, which is Mika's rising. Is this too much of your chart? I just see this sort of effeminate Virgo rising. It's actually like in the Cancer Jupiter that you have. Those are like very divine feminine energies that Mika has. And so as much as there's this fierceness, this playfulness of gender, there's like, or even like <laughs> Venus in Aries is so like blunt. I you, If you get Mika mad or she gets an opinion, it's like very direct. Like I see that. It's a spark in the eye. It's wonderful. Um, and it's, like tomboy like not afraid to get dirty she'll probably kick your ass on the sport field like and but then at the end of the day mika is um kind of like a peacock with this like beautiful divine feminine energy as a virgo rising and sort of this cancer jupiter it's like mika is a grandma and you're under her skirt and so like in the end of the day this whole world's under mika's grandma's skirt um and like yeah, I hope you see the gender in this. I do. I'm just playing with words and metaphor and archetype, which I love because as a trans person, this gives me belonging. This gives belonging to our gender to be able to describe it in its accurate, its accuracy, you know. Oh my God, Otis, I love you. Because <laughs> you um, described to me like no one could could possibly you know like oh my god that was the best and it is true <laughs> um between Otis and I and you listening this like I I have been considering becoming dominatrix because <laughs> I am very much this like I, I can see that this peacock energy like I like dressing up and I love tickle trunk by the way when when I used to live at the community house which is so Gemini we had like three Gemini pairs, couples, <laughs> that was one of them. Anyway, um, we had this tickle trunk and like, I usually like change my dress like at least two times in per party when we had the house party, which is like really fun. Um, anyway, and I just love this kind of playful energy. It's more like kind of gay, like um, gay parade energy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have this like very strong Capricorn Saturn there with Neptune and Uranus and square with the Venus in Aries like I have this like 
do not mess with me kind of energy. And I seriously considering becoming a matrix because I think I'm good at it. And also, I, as an Asian person, right, immigrant in this white centric country, I see injustice all the time, everywhere. And I even, you know, have experienced that on my own daily basis. Like there's a microaggression, even like obvious racism that's this is even trickier because the person themselves do not notice that that's they're coming from you know i see this injustice and i you know like as as a immigrant asian person like i have to have a knife in my sleeves like uh, just the metaphor but like as a word like i have prepared a few phrases to hit people back if they are misbehaving you know what i mean like because you do not mess and you need to respect no matter who they are and asian young women often you know underlooked um underestimated and boy do not underestimate us because we are we are resilient we're strong we're fierce and that's why we we are survivors we're survivors of sexual abuse in our country, misology, you know, all this uh, injustice. And um, yeah, definitely I have this fire in me and I need to address because that can be destructive, you know, this rage and anger. You have to address, otherwise it boils up and it eats you up from inside or sometimes spills over, all around, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this I'm so glad that we are talking about this because this is important, like gender magic and this like the Gemini magic, the lover card, like the, ultimately we have to be the best lover for ourselves. Right. And this is the lesson that we're getting right now. That's true. I think that the white men just any men any people i guess it's gonna be a lot of people that will receive the healing of um mika the dominatrix beating them up is you can see in the gender in the chart that um like there's a base too with pluto and scorpio that you have mika where you're like relating to that autumn equinox energy that like energy of transformation in the scorpio as a gender i think contains a lot of both energy um, really fiercely as a fixed sign. It, it kind of contains a potent seed of what I was describing in the ancestor energy that we have from our parents and matrilineal patrilineal energies in the kidneys. We have something in Scorpio that really relates to that as it relates to ancestors in this vital essence and force. And when we look at yin and yang energies in our kidneys and our um ancestor lines that's connected to Scorpio, um, we're really looking at like the vital power of our well ancestors. And in the Scorpio, we actually battle too and inherit the unwell patterns um, from our ancestors too. But we get this really strong, vital, potent gender sex energy there. And you have Pluto in Scorpio. It's very strong. And so at your base, you're also there to really channel that up through all the archetypes and all the genders and have it be you know healing for you (laughs) ultimately you can see all the archetypes that work together in their different ways that archetypes do relating to gender but there's this 
whole conversation that emerges when we look at these archetypes and their genders, um, where we can see ourselves and our power. And what I think is fundamental about, just to bring it back to Pluto and what I was talking about, about ancestor energy and vital power, is that Pluto comes through our root energy center and informs our personhood, informs our belief systems, informs our sense of what, of our power and powerlessness. And it actually is a place where we process internalized messages of power and powerlessness. And this is our, our deep shadow work where we look at internalized oppression that comes through intergenerational trauma. And we'll see through Pluto lessons in our root, these activation that comes up through our kidneys, activates our adrenal response when we're triggered, when we have ancestral trauma, activate subverted power to awaken and rattle in the bones and be like wanting to be reclaimed. And I think that there's a real strong gender sex magic in there, in the Pluto work and in all shadow work to reclaim power. There's this sense that when we do it with our sexuality, like dominatrixes do, there's this incredible healing because we are literally directly working with our sex and gender magic. And we're directly working with freeing up stuck power that gets entrapped from intergenerational trauma and oppression like legacies of gender violence colonial violence in ways that that comes through our line and like directly into our sense of personal power and trauma and where we get triggered and so when we're doing work around our sexuality reclaim power our gender to reclaim power we're really really directly interacting with healing intergenerational trauma and we're reclaiming there a vital power we're really in community with our wise well ancestors and just yeah, coming into alignment there. So this work with gender is is a real deep core work of that. It sets up, you know, in that Pluto comes through the root energy center, it sets up our basis for our security, our personal power and our sense of identity. Yeah, and our strength, our potency of our whole life. So it's ancestor work to work with gender and to free this up is the kind of a real deep core personal work of liberation. I love that. Um, and, you know, we're not supposed to talk about like astrological forecasts, but since we're already talking about this um, Scorpio magic, shadow work, ancestral work, um, well, right now the Uranus is in Taurus and, and aspecting all these Aquarius planets, especially Saturn. And um, we're going to have um lunar eclipse in taurus in november and i'm like i'm curious to see how this is going to play out this year in 2021 like this is like a gender magic the gemini magic but also those nodal shift from gemini to taurus right like we're bridging to this um this like shadow work that we have to unpack in scorpio underground underworld and I think we're already seeing that, like the Medusa's um, statue in like representation of Me Too movement in New York and stuff. So yeah, this is a time of a queer revolution in a lot of ways. It's very deep. It's very much reclaiming the feminine, which has specifically been so wounded and suppressed and by white colonial violence um 
in our minds and our mindsets, our concepts of power, and also the ways that expresses in real power and privilege in the world. And we're seeing an overturn of that, a reclaiming of the feminine, of respect for everything that's feminine, including the earth and yin forces and energies in nature and in ourselves and in gender. And we're reclaiming power there, really specifically for femme and queer gender. And it's not just for female people or people born female at birth and assigned and socialized that way. It's for all of us that we're reclaiming these uh, femme and queer energies. And it really is in really is in honoring and service of our relationship with the femme energies in the world as they come in astrology through Taurus, which is the earth kind and Libra, which is the air, which I see more related to the energy centers of the body of the second energy center is Taurus and the Libra is more the heart energy center and our relational kind of love, these different kinds of love. When we're reclaiming femme and queer gender, we're reclaiming this um, like power that has been so wounded and, and by colonial violence and white supremacy that when we're healing gender and sexuality and all of this, um, we're actually really coming into a kind of justice that Taurus and Libra uphold in their relationship with Venus in that it's upholding our values of the divine feminine and of life and of the earth and of love. And so I can't really think of anything more revolutionary about that. And we all have such a deep relationship to this work. And um, yeah, this is actually what we need. We're looking at sort of turning the world story around and recreating reality so that we can actually live in harmony. And these are the gender archetypes <laughs> that I find are leading the way. And we are in need of that, absolutely. From starting within ourselves we're liberating and reclaiming these powers. A hundred percent agreed. Um, today, yeah, like that was so important for us to start like our podcast together. This is like first thing we wanted to talk about. And I'm so happy that we were able to do that today. And yeah, um, thank you for tuning in and um, we'll discuss more astrological stuff together, Mika and Otis. <laughs> Okay, well, bye for now. Bye for now.